Hello everyone and welcome back to Knowing Wheel. Yes, episode 86 and the final preview show we'll do for F1 in 2022. Yes, I can't believe it, Jamie. Abu Dhabi, it's come around so quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, obviously the season ending like a month earlier than last year because of the World Cup probably makes a bit of a difference but it's definitely it seems to have flown by it feels like two seconds since i was crying about verstappen retiring at bahrain it has felt (laughs) it's felt like a weirdly quick year hasn't it it's been a bit strange yeah um but i mean yeah luckily of course this week sometimes the preview shows can be a little bit quiet when there's not a lot to talk about luckily um has have come in and saved us this week which we'll discuss in just a moment but of course as always there will be links down below uh, to all of the sort of companies and products that we work with as well of course spotify if you're listening to this on youtube you know we just want to say a massive thank you for the support this year but make sure you go give us a follow on spotify as well uh, for more knowing wheel, or exactly the same knowing wheel content but you you get the luxury of not looking at us as yeah you that's view. ideal <laughs> it's it's probably well worth it but yeah i mean Episode 80, 80... I forgot what episode we're on already, Jamie. 86. 86. That is pretty good going this year. I think we've had quite a good run of form, and I think we've 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 spoke behind the scenes. We've got some hopefully exciting plans uh, that we're going to bring in in the future. But let's get into it, though. Abu Dhabi. Jamie, you can celebrate. Just yes. this morning, <laughs> Hulkenback is confirmed. I'm very happy. I'm, I'm slightly like surprise certainly if you told me this at the start of the year it'd be like why on earth has that happened but yeah you know what he deserves another shot he, de- he wasn't really given like i think well Renault definitely unfairly treated him he basically went toast over ricardo until they told him it was out and then he gave up <laughs> okay <laughs> and then yeah obviously did amazingly well in the stints in 2020 with racing point well he retired and... from one and lost to lance stroll in the other <laughs> behave he got qualified third on the grid, which is higher than either Force India did, apart did from Perez. Turkey. I was going to say Perez surely finished. Yeah, well, Stroll got a pole. Perez was still yeah. third place that race, so both yeah. of their drivers did as well, if not better. <laughs> uh, they were full-time drivers, having had the seat for a long time. Okay. But yeah, I, I do think he deserves another shot. And a hat is probably not the first place that I would choose, but you know what? It'll be fine. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. It's it's kind of a bit weird, isn't it? Because of course, obviously, you're you're a big Hulkenberg fan. You always have been. You you probably always will mm-hmm. be. As yep. sort of, I'm I've never been a Hulkenberg fan. I, I the thing is, well, I don't think he's a bad driver, but sometimes I feel like he is slightly overhyped by some people. Jamie <laughs> may or may not be. Who would that be? That. Exactly, exactly. Um, but. It kind of, to me, is a neutral. At, at this moment in time, I would say Hulkenberg is a better driver than Mick Schumacher. But it kind yeah. of feels like Hulkenberg is a known quantity. We'll know he'll be quite good. Schumacher is yeah. not as good as him at the moment, but I still feel like he has the potential to have a higher ceiling. It just sort of feels like looking into it from the outside, like there must be something else going on there as to why Haas don't want Mick next year. I think that um, like Mick is a bit like of a liability in terms of crashing a lot of the time, which genuinely I think that goes really far with a small team like Haas. Um, it's not been... Th- I mean, so there were a couple of big ones at the start of the year, but since then, it's I can't think of any major instances. Well, Japan, he was the only driver to make, uh, a, yes. make a crash. Yeah. 
but like in Saudi, they literally could have repaired the car because they had the parts, but they didn't want him racing and crashing it again. So yeah. they didn't let him race. Stuff like that. I think you basically like Hulk is definitely a safe pair of hands, and in the position they're in, where you probably you right now you probably get a better driver, and you get someone who's going to crash less. I think that's basically ideal, and they probably don't. I mean, Hulk's probably a bit more expensive to pay, but not by a lot, I don't think. I well, this was going to be my next point because, of course, one of the big reasons why Hulkenberg sort of stepped away from Formula One, wasn't it, was because no one was willing to pay him enough. I wonder yeah. just how much that price has come down yeah. so we could get an F1 gig again. Yeah, he must be a well, cheap he's, he's had a nowadays. kid since then. Yes, he has, hasn't he? So maybe he just wants wants a reason to get a full-time job so I, i'm trying to think now Haas are probably the first team in quite a while actually to have two dads as drivers yeah probably they really did go from um, two kids did right and grosjean ago. both have kids i don't grosjean i can't imagine grosjean did at the time we're talking 10 no. years ago yeah i suppose yeah but yeah i mean someone someone surely can try and work that out oh magnuson and grosjean might have done yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, it probably was K-Mag and Grosjean three years ago. Haas just love their dads. Yeah. They, they've yeah. <laughs> clearly got something else going on. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of strange, isn't it, when you think that, obviously, Haas over the last couple of years have really gone from just trying to get as much money in as they possibly can from a certain Russian um, to now <laughs> really trying to go on the experience side of things. And it does seem like we're kind of seeing a bit of a shift, aren't we, at the moment? Whether, of course, it's been helped, you know, by Drive to Survive and the fact there is just a lot more money being poured into Formula 1 from the outside. Are we starting to see the potential of some paid drivers being eliminated a bit more? Well, it certainly looks that way. Like, like you've, at the start of the year, if you were to rank the 20 drivers as how good they were, you've probably got bottom five, at least. You've got Latifi bottom and Schumacher's probably bottom three or four. Yeah, like both of those are gone, um, <clears throat> and they're being replaced by drivers who are, well, not paid drivers. They actually have earned a shot at F one, um, in one way or the other. Um, so yeah, it's probably twenty twenty three, in terms of average talent, is probably one of the highest it's ever been. Really, <laughs> it's certainly getting there again, isn't it? It feels like, and I think I, I mean, it's a good shift for the sport, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, in the perfect world, you have the twenty best drivers in the cars like it's as simple yeah. as that and of course that sensibly will probably never happen with it because there's always politics and money and everything else going around uh, that does make it slightly impossible but yeah i think we're we're slowly potentially seeing a shift in the right direction now obviously we've discussed this in the past we've basically we've got a lot of quite intense rivalries as we head into 2023 yeah. now haven't we you know we've we've already spoke about Ocon and Gasly potentially now Checo and Max as well um mm -hmm. we've got obviously Haas now is going to be quite interesting as well am I forgetting any other obvious ones Jamie off the top of my head um, uh seven stroll oh sorry Fernando and Stroll will end up being yeah. uh, within about 20 yeah. minutes of pre-season <laughs> testing yeah the first meeting and Fernando meets Lawrence Stroll which is like right I'm going to end this kid's career. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. It, it is, we're going to head into, I think, quite a dramatic inner team rivalry. I reckon Sonoda and DeVries would be the worst. Really? I See, I was thinking <laughs> no. about this. I, I do wonder whether there could be some issues there. Why? They're just, neither of them are confrontational at all. 
I feel like. Sonoda can be. You can be on the radio, but outside of that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit strange for Yuki, isn't it? But I just wonder whether the, you know there might be a little bit of pressure within about who might get the potential of a Red Bull seat down the line. Lando Norris will get it. Probably, yeah. Lando Norris will snub <laughs> on the field. What is it with Red Bull and trying to hire short people as their second driver? Like, Checo's not short, yeah. but Sonoda, De Vries, Lando Norris are all sort of the ones... Well, Checo is pretty short. He's bottom five, I think. Is he? Checo's yeah. not that short. No, he is. Watch the driver's height video. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. They all lied about that anyway. That was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the real sort of other question then, of course, is obviously Nico Hulkenback next year. What does Mick Schumacher do now? Because there's kind of still all these rumblings and rumours, isn't there, about a potential Audi gig, but that's not going to be for quite a long time. He's got a... Because the thing is, He's well, got, obviously, yeah. in Formula 1, it, like this Hulkenberg story <clears throat> is quite rare, to be honest. Like, it's yeah. very uncommon for someone to take basically two years out of the sport... Of course, it's been a bit lucky that he's been able to fill in. Was he leave at the end of 18? End of 19. End of 19, sorry, 2020, 2021. Yeah, of course. Um, It kind of just like Mick Schumacher, three years out of sport when you haven't had much to run on in the first place. Is Because let's be fair, Nico Hulkenberg is kind of, he's actually been very, very clever in his branding of probably one of the best Formula One drivers to never get a podium. Um, which kind of eliminates a lot of People very, very good him. drivers that do get podiums. Yeah. But in what, what can sort of Mick Schumacher do now that potentially allows him to get back into the sport in the future? Because that, of course, is what he'll be it trying difficult. to think about. I feel like the the most obvious thing we to do is try and get a reserve gig somewhere because that kind of keeps you in the paddock. Yeah. You kind of saw that with um with Ocon and with De Vries, um, like Ocon in the past and De Vries this year, really. He kind of is ready whenever there's a problem with someone to step in and all you can do then is do a good job which De Vries definitely did um, I guess Ocon was a bit different because he was kind of unfortunately eliminated from the sport for a year but was never really going to go anywhere um, but yeah I think Schumacher it's, it's tough on him I do feel like it's slightly unfair but he's also not been he's had his chances and like I think the nail in the coffin was qualifying last in Brazil when your teammate gets pole I don't um, think that really had any effect on it, to be honest. No, no. I, it, it kind of, to me, seemed like the decision had already been made down at Haas. But, yeah, I mean, potentially. Does he try and sort of push himself back towards Ferrari? You know, again, I've, I've mentioned Maybe, this before. Yeah. You know, obviously we're seeing LMDH uh, becoming sort of potentially the, you know, the next big thing. And, you know, we could see some Formula 1 drivers or sort of people around Formula 1 uh, trying to go there could we end up just seeing him at formula e something like that because let's be fair it, Maybe, was, all, yeah. it was never going to be easy for mick schumacher was it because obviously he was going to come into sport and be compared to his dad yeah i think the harsh Which... reality is it's, uh, looking at it right now of the current 2021 grid i'd argue he's probably the second worst driver there he's only really better than yeah. nicholas atifi joe guanyu's yeah. had some real flashes of brilliance this year yeah, yeah and i'll give you credit where it's due you he's been better I than i think any of start. us expected <laughs> this year he really has yes. been able to swim when a lot of and us thought really, he would sink he's really like i wouldn't say he's been as good as bottas but he's not been far off a lot of the season in the second half of the year he's certainly yeah. been there or thereabouts most weekends it's not been something that we've spoke about all show grand news a long way off bottas here today of course with the exception mm. of mexico qualifying it's sort of the only big one I can think of in recent times. 
But, yeah, it's just been difficult for Mick, of course, because last year was kind of an unknown quantity. You never really could compare him to anyone. But no. this year has... Because, let's be fair, K-Mag is not exactly a world-beater. He's a decent driver, no, he's, but he's, 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 not some, he's, yeah. he's not some next-level talent. That He's not it's like not a like banana monster or Russell. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Mick's got to try and... I think he's got to keep racing somewhere oh, whether yeah. it is Formula yeah. E or Le Mans or World Endurance that sort of thing but I think he's got to try and stay close to a Ferrari or you know there's been rumblings about talking to Mercedes or whether he yeah. just really tries to play the long game and heads off to Audi does some Le Mans stuff with them and then tries and then to get back in that way yeah. it is I'm yeah, sure there'll be decisions a lot of being made yeah he's got a lot of options of but none of them uh... filling with confidence Another option, of course, would be just to um, to try and sabotage Logan Sargent's car yes. this weekend. Yeah. Um, because if if Sargent somehow doesn't get the super license points, there's a vacancy at Williams, which he's probably the prime candidate for. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, you could even let's be fair. Like this is just hypotheticals again. If Sargent didn't get that seat, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a push to try and get Drogovic there for a year. Who Drogovic is still Ferrari, isn't he? No. Is oh, Drogovic. I was thinking. Who were you thinking of? Schwartzman. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong driver. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, especially with kind of Mercedes uh, links with both teams. Yeah. Obviously, Williams moving more towards anyone they can find, really. Well, this but, was um, this has been the weird thing, hasn't it? Because this year we've gone from Williams still fairly being quite a Mercedes. Not really as much anymore, but still having fairly close ties with Mercedes. Then we kind of wondered during the halfway stage of the year whether they'd just become a bit of a Red Bull junior team, potentially looking at Red Bull powertrains in the future. Then it looked like they were going to become an Alpine B team, with Mm. Oscar Piastri meant to be going there. And there's still the occasional (laughs) talk, of course, if Sargent doesn't get the seat, whether they could try and push Jack Doohan into that car. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. It's, yeah, really has been <laughs> weird a and wonderful a lot of this year. They certainly have. They certainly have. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough call for Mick Schumacher, isn't it? But it kind of again, this has always been the thing with Mick Schumacher as well, isn't it? That we haven't mentioned today. He's not a driver that adapts particularly quickly. You know, no. he probably would have been a lot better in next year's Haskar if it wasn't wildly different. But you don't stay in Formula 1 for very long if you can't get into a car and get up to speed quite quickly. Yeah, and that's always in the defining... Like, all the great drivers can step into anything and get the best out of it. Yeah. And Mick Schumacher, bless him, has not really been that driver, (laughs) unfortunately, with Haas. In a way that Kevin Magnussen, despite having a year out, has been able to. And Nico Hülkenberg has demonstrated he can be as well. Yes, yeah. I, I, there's a tiny part of me there that really wants to see you eat your words next year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's a tough old saga. But fair play, Hulkenberg. You know, I'm I'm genuinely excited to see how he gets on against K Mag next year. And I, I going to beat K Mag. I'm calling it right now. You're seeing it right now, are you? I think well, yeah. when we do some preview shows in the new year about the teams, things like that, then we'll definitely there'll look. be some outrageous claims. There's going to be some bold claims coming from the <laughs> pair of us, isn't there? Um, let's talk Abu Dhabi then, Jamie. Uh, there, there's still a lot of things to play for this weekend, isn't there? Um, we yeah. we've, we have kind of gone through this a couple of times already, but I've decided this week we're going to make it into a proper competition 
for Abu okay. Dhabi. Of course, because our predictions league has gone out the win uh, out the window. Sorry, I won it about four races ago. You, you won it by about up. Monaco, but okay. Um, <laughs> we've got what four four predictions? So we add one extra one in there. We'll add one extra one in um, just quickly. So we've got five okay, predictions. I'm going to do Fernando versus Ocon. Okay, down at Alpine. We've got. Let's get a championship up here. Right, I can run you through the points if you like. Oh, I can run oh, you through the gaps. It. It's all good. We've we've got five different things here between now and the end of the year. The now and Monday that are left <laughs> Monday. to be decided. Sunday evening. Sunday <laughs> evening, really. Yeah. Um, of course, the big one that even F one is still hyping up is Checo versus Charles Leclerc. Two hundred ninety points apiece. Technically, George Russell could still beat them both, and I really would <laughs> love to see that happen because it would be hilarious. 290 points apiece. George Russell is on 265. So he'd need fastest lap and race and victory win. and neither of them to score. Which... Now, they... Perez can get one point. Surely. No, he's won two races this year and he's probably had Russell more P2s. Would have won two. He's had more P2s, though, I'd... surely. Has he? Surely. George has only had one P2 this year, I think. Really? Checo's definitely had more P2s. You get those championship standings out. Yeah, yeah. Checo has had like six P2s. Yeah, there's no way George yeah, bested yeah. that. <laughs> um, what, who, who are we saying out of those two. three, technically mm. two? I reckon, I, I, I want to say Charles Leclerc. You want to say Charles Leclerc? Are you be, going to say Charles Leclerc? It would be so, it would be unbelievably Ferrari to finish third when you're battling for the championship, apparently. Hey, what? <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about who finishes P2. So no, saying... no, I know, but I want Leclerc to do it, otherwise he'll just be depressed. Oh, right, sorry, I get um, you, I get you. Because it would be terrible to finish third in a two-horse race, it, when yeah, at one it's... point you had a 50-point lead or whatever it was. It, well, yeah, I think it was 42 points or something, wasn't it, or 37 yeah. after they left Australia, which is so just Leclerc. scary. It also, Perez has now not got Max on his side, apparently. Um, <laughs> I thought they were good mates so... again. Oh yeah, maybe they are. But I I also watched back the Monaco crash. That was absolutely deliberate, and I don't care. Yeah, I'm still not convinced. I'm still not convinced. <laughs> uh, so you're saying Charles Leclerc? Yes. I place. therefore am gonna say Sergio Perez. Interesting. Mercedes Interesting. versus Ferrari. <clears throat> Nineteen points between them. Of course, Mercedes. We kind of looked at it before Brazil, didn't we? A forty-point gap in two races is impossible. Mercedes have taken 21 <laughs> points out of them, but that was massively helped by a sprint race. And but, a 1-2 finish, which probably won't happen again. A 1-2 finish. But also, we've got to remember the fact that Red Bull were way off the pace as well, which helped yeah. Ferrari massively. Do we think Mercedes can overhaul 19 points and Ferrari could finish third again in a two-horse race? <laughs> I don't think so. No. I'll back Ferrari again for this. I think, yeah. I, I think Mercedes will outscore them in Abu Dhabi, but outscoring yeah. them by 19 points is... Very because I mean even Ferrari if I'm sure there's plenty I'm sure Matteo Bonotto sits down and listens to Knowing Wheel each week. Just get those two cars home and you will finish P two. Because if you finish fifth and sixth, say that's what eighteen points. Yeah. Mercedes then got a score like 30, first and fourth. Thirty seven. Yeah. First and fourth. Yeah. Which they can't because oh wait no impossible. you're finishing fifth and sixth yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not convinced, though. I'm not convinced. I think Ferrari will, will get that. Ferrari should do it, shouldn't they? Uh, the other one, Alpine versus McLaren. Again, 19 points there, but we're in midfield territory. 
yeah, I definitely think Alpine will secure that. They should um, have locked. It was out. a shame for McLaren because Lando was doing really well in Brazil. Well, so Lando's locked out P seven in the drivers' P7, championship. He's yeah. guaranteed it. He's done really but, well um, this year. Lando probably could have got a top six in Brazil if his car hadn't broken down. He was um, looking good, yeah, and that would have brought the gap makes down. A big difference. Well, obviously that would have yeah. been eight points for him, and Alpine would have probably lost out on a few. So the gap would probably be yeah. less than ten, um, which still yeah. I'd probably back Alpine, but. Yeah, but it's a bit more of a chance. Yeah. They're saying this back in what um, 2020, McLaren were like, what, 20 points off racing point and then finished fourth and fifth in Abu Dhabi. But 2020 um, didn't have quite a clearly defined top three teams like we do no, now again. No, definitely not. You just had a top three drivers. Oh, Alban finished fourth that race. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He did. Yeah, the first, the first race all season he was serious. Um, he got a podium before that. Yeah, when 12 Bar drivers eight. finished. Well, yeah. Um, one that I think has kind of gone a bit quietly under the radar because it kind of doesn't really matter much. At all. I mean, none of these really matter a huge amount apart from the team's no. ones. Six points between Lewis Hamilton and Carlos Sainz. Mm, I think Hamilton will secure that. Yeah. Do you reckon he'll yeah. finish Sainz or do you reckon he'll just have a big enough points well, gap going in? I... I think if science does beat hamilton it'll be for like fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth yeah he's, he's, rather than isn't gonna win first and second yeah no. that's fair um, enough that's fair enough so yeah so uh, you're gonna say hamilton on that one i'm gonna agree with you uh once again and yeah esteban ocon versus fernando alonso i think there's five points between them. five points i'll go as much as it pains me i'll, I'll have to back ocon you're gonna back ocon. I... I, alonso definitely deserves it yeah I'm actually going to disagree with you. I reckon Alonso is going to do the most Alonso-esque kind of thing. Finish he'll like take out Ocon at turn one and then finish seventh. He'll finish seventh and Ocon will finish eleventh or something. And he'll <laughs> egg him out by one point and then we'll never hear the end of it. Yeah, when he's lost out on 50 points this season, according to him. Well, he's lost out on about 200, hasn't he? He'd still be in the championship fight <laughs> if things had gone his way. So... It, it, it is what it is. So, I mean, a lot of them we agree with there, but we're going different on Checo versus Charles, and we're going different on Alonso versus Ocon, which Indeed. gives us a little bit of spice heading into Abu Indeed. Dhabi. And speaking of spice, we've got one more of my quizzes for you to oh, do. Oh, here we go. And speaking of the battle for second in the championship, since the turn of the century, there have been... Uh, 12 drivers to finish runner-up in the Formula 1 World Championship. Okay. You should do quite well at this. You've got a minute to name all 12. Go. Okay. Bottas, Hamilton, Fernando Alonso, yep. uh, Nico Rosberg, mm -hmm. Sebastian Vettel, mm -hmm. um, Felipe Massa, mm -hmm. Sebastian Vettel. I've already said, said already. that. <laughs> yep. um, I'm just trying to go back through the years. Um... No, I've already said Alonso. Jensen Button. Yep. Um, Rubens Barrichello. Kimi mm -hmm. Raikkonen. Michael yep. Schumacher. Yep. Um, David Coulthard, I think, did one year. Yep. How many more have I got to get? One more. Oh, no. Um, oh, that's <laughs> 20 seconds. 20 seconds to get one more. Amika Hakkinen. Yes. Yes! 
We actually did a quiz. It's taken me all year, but I did well on a quiz for once. I'll take that. <laughs> I will absolutely take that in my strike. You're uh, you're genuinely impressed with me. There, you you can't hide it too much, Jamie. I've done. Well. I am so. I mean, you know all the drivers. I reckon I could have done that, but yeah, you made me. the quiz. Of course, you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm genuinely like, I'm speechless now. I'm, I'm so happy I managed to get all of those. <laughs> so I happy. thought there was going to be one, one thing that one I noticed. I I noticed isn't in the notes, but we probably should mention. Uh, it's Sebastian Vettel's last race. It's Sebastian Vettel's last race. It's Mick Schumacher's last race. It. It's Daniel Ricciardo's <laughs> last race. Um, I mean, the other one we probably should mention, but quite possibly can't say much on still, is the the ongoing questions about Mattia Bonotto. Oh, Fred Vasseur. Fred in. Vasseur, my guy. I love him? a bit of Fred. I have Sadly, I don't think I've met Fred. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try. Yeah, he's an absolute legend. I, he is a gun. Worryingly for him, I don't think Ferrari will suit him very much. Um, but yeah, we'll see. See, I don't know. Like, I Don't get me wrong, I really like Fred at Alfa Romeo. I think it's a good fit for him. Yeah, no, But really. I also think we kind of only really get to see one side of him a lot of the time where he's at Alfa Romeo. Of course, he's a Formula One <laughs> team boss. He's got a serious side as well. Yeah, yeah. I do wonder whether he... It's kind of one of those odd things where I wonder whether he could be exactly what Ferrari need, but don't realise. Yeah, I guess um, Arifa Bene was really passionate and fiery, which I think Fred Vasseur could be. Are you telling me Mattia Bonotto is not passionate and fiery when I've met him? Definitely not. Have you met Mattia Bonotto? Yeah. When? Silverstone, I congratulated him for the win. And that was, oh, then yeah. he said thanks, walked off, and told Charles Leclerc off less than two minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> so I always think I was the last person he spoke to, and he was livid at the time. <laughs> yeah. And then Van Dyke aired you, didn't he? No, Van Dyke, because I told Van Dyke to run faster, which apparently is what he's known for in the Premier League, is not being able to run that fast or something. Yeah. Um, but it was because he'd hurt himself. But yeah, no, I spoke to Virgil yeah. van Dijk as well that day. I actually spoke to him twice, <laughs> I think, that day. So it was a, it was a weird time in my life. But we'll very take weird, it. very. And Trent Alexander Arnold. Yeah, you can probably defend better than him. So probably. Um, yeah, I think. I, and again, I think the other big talking point, isn't it? Of course, with all this, is the underlying rumor that apparently Charles Leclerc and Matteo Bonotto's relationship has fallen apart. Now, yeah. again, that's I mean, more speculation, on... but it would not surprise me. Leclerc's radios as the season have gone on have got more and more just upset. And his interviews. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the putting him on inters in the dry when everyone else is on dry tyres was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think great. we often say, like, oh, when the driver's been at Ferrari four or five years, they start just losing the will to live. That's kind of happening with Well, Leclerc. this has been three years, hasn't it, now? Yeah. Four no, seasons. Been, this yeah. is the end of his fourth, yeah. Yeah. So Charles Leclerc's got one year left at Ferrari. Then he's, I think this is the thing, isn't it? Because, of course, Ferrari have put all their eggs in the Charles Leclerc basket. Like, he is their future. Yeah. But it's it's looking more and more like, rather than it being the Michael Schumacher future they banked on, it's looking more and more Alonso like the Sebastian Vettel or Fernando Alonso future. It's... But then it, it's kind of that weird thing as well, of course, which I guess we kind of said about Seba Red Bull 10 years ago. Where could I see Charles Leclerc going? Mm. Mm. I could I could see him uh, potentially as a Hamilton replacement. They've got George Russell for um, that. They do. But Hamilton's replacement is already yeah. at Mercedes alongside it's... him. 
Yeah, true. I think the number two, they'll get someone like Gasly, who you know is not going to, like, sort of like a Bottas character, where they're they're solid, they're very decent, but they're not going to ruffle the feathers. Yeah. Russell the feathers. Russell the feathers, exactly. <laughs> that was shocking. Um, yeah, I don't know. Leclerc's just stuck in Ferrari, which probably means he'll be out of the sport in three years' time. Probably. Because uh, he'll just quit and be like, I'm out. I'll see you later. <laughs> it's kind of that thing, unless he could like take a big gamble and go in like Audi or something like that in the future, if Audi came in and were strong. Um, but there's there's plenty, plenty of questions, isn't there, for the future of Formula 1. But luckily, yes. of course, after this weekend... <clears throat> We've got three months to ramble about, or four months even, isn't yes. it, to ramble about all this as well. Um, is it weird <laughs> that I'm kind of looking forward to all our off-season podcast shenanigans? Well, we just talk absolute rubbish, don't we? we? It's great like... fun. It is great. <laughs> if you're if you're still fairly new to No One Wheel, or you weren't here last winter, we go through so many rabbit holes. It's incredible. Um, yeah, but... we started talking about the 1994 F1 season in great detail. We did. We did. Um, last thing, though, Jamie. For the final time this year, Abu Dhabi predictions. What are we saying? Pole position, top three. We scored one point between us last week. Let's see if we can do better yeah, this Yeah, two time. points for correct, one point for getting the one on the podium, but in the wrong place. Yep. Oh. We might have to change. Actually, do we? are we a fan of that point system? Because you hated it I at the start like of the year. I like it because I've won, but exactly. I think I would have won either way. Yeah, probably. Um, Max Verstappen okay. on pole position. Max Verstappen to win the race okay. and then do loads of donuts. Yeah. Um, second place, Charles Leclerc. Okay, yeah. Third place, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Okay. That's very boring, I know. So it's not that boring. It's quite boring. Yeah. I <laughs> am going to... You know what? It's final race of the year. I'm already out of it. I'm going to regret this. Kevin Magnussen on pole. No, I'm not saying K-Mag again. I am going to say... Max Verstappen pole. Lewis Hamilton. Race victory. Oh, dear. I'm clutching the straws. I can't be bothered with Twitter after that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say Hamilton race victory. I'm going to say... Um... Sergio Perez P2 Verstappen third That's the most wild In what case would Perez be ahead of Verstappen? Because he's going to give him back the place from last week and defend from Charles Leclerc <laughs> all, all, be all forgotten. his worth Exactly, exactly That's my bold <laughs> beg of a claim to finish off the year The fairy tale of Abu Dhabi I am it's. It, well, I was about to say it's going to be redemption from last year, but it's absolutely not going to cover the redemption from last year. <laughs> no, it would. I reckon there'll be a late safety car, and then they'll just give Hamilton a race win. They'll let Hamilton lap everyone. <laughs> oh, I cannot. I'm genuinely. Like, I'm, I can't believe this season's coming to an end. I'm. Yeah, it's it's coming around fast. I'm. I was. Abu Dhabi's actually a good circuit now since the change. Well, it wasn't that um, great last year. No, it was. It, it was a much improved. Than it was the year improved, before. but it still wasn't that great. It was. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Plenty of overtaking. I'm sure spots. you did enjoy it. I'm sure you like did. Like turn five, on the last lap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't remind me. Don't remind me. It's it's a week of not the spending much time on social media. Can only be media. one by one. Ah, oh, stop. 
I, I'm gonna right, I'm gonna cut the it. podcast there, yeah, yeah. Before, before things get rowdy. Thank you all so much for listening as always. We will be back, of course, next Tuesday with the Abu Dhabi uh, post weekend show, and then yeah, after that, we'll we'll be actually able to sit back and relax a little bit more, Jamie. Back to one show a week. Um, you know, and watch we'll, the World Cup. Watch the fun. World Cup as well. I'm sure there'll be brief discussions home. about that. It's definitely not coming home. Um, <laughs> actually, speaking of, have you seen Samueletto's predictions for the World Cup this year? No, they I, are incredible. Apparently, he believes it's going to be Ghana versus. I think it's Ghana versus Morocco in the finals or something mad like right. that. So look, look out for that one. I think that's the weirdest way we've ever finished a F1 podcast before. Yeah, but... Samuel Leto has not got a shout out before in his podcast. No, he certainly hasn't, but now he has. Thank you all so much for listening as always, and we will return very, very soon with more Knowing Wheel. <laughs>